Hello, dear listeners. Just a couple heads up on this episode. While I had a Zeusing good time editing, a couple swear words made it through the final edit just because they um, they didn't seem too harsh. The other heads up is the fact that uh, Lanny's subject matter for her poetry book, Good Morning to Everyone Except Men Who Named Their Dog Zeus, is around sexual assault. So we begin to discuss that topic around the 32-minute mark. Now enjoy the show. No, it's Wait, fine. No. I don't think anybody gets it right. Annie with an L. Annie oh, and then Stabile. Stabile. Or if you want it, you can go Stabile. Stabile. <laughs> Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast that shares bad poetry with the world and asks, but is it good? I'm Aaron, and along with Dave, we do deep dives that no one has asked for yet, no one has complained yet. In fact, today we are joined with another willing participant in this project. We originally asked Lanny Stabile on the show back in May but decided to look instead at a date in July because we thought she may be too busy. And indeed she was. Since then, she has become a mother of an adorable daughter, co-started a newsletter, The New Sletters, published her debut novel, hosted multiple readings, and continued to create at a fantastic, frantic pace. Lanny, thank you for having the time to come on the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, I, I do want to interject and just really quickly say I did not publish a novel. It's a collection of short stories. Oh, my bad. Okay, I, yes. I um, don't want to lie to the people. So wh- what you're saying is you published multiple novels. Multiple tiny novels. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. For mice. Or t- I should say hamsters, for hamsters. Okay. Well, yeah, because you have a hamster <laughs> on the front of the... Cover. Yes, <laughs> Something Dead and Everything uh, is the title. I love that title so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, um, is there anything that I missed that you might want to um, say for those who are uh, listening in? No, I think I think you covered it very well. Um, the word frantic was a <laughs> perfect adjective for what my life feels like. <laughs> well... <laughs> that baby phase is is no joke oh. so yeah well, and i've got two at home and like i said before our our 10 week old is wonderful and our three-year-old is also living here <laughs> <laughs> yeah they say terrible twos but seriously the three oh, threes have teenager. been <laughs> yes yep. it is it is real so uh, <laughs> you have that to look forward to <laughs> Well, uh, to bring us into the realm of poetry, um, Dave, uh, do you have a uh, frantically put together poem? <laughs> I worked really hard on this, Aaron. And by that, I mean, I worked on it for about five minutes and then asked my wife to read it. And she said, that's technically all right enough for you. It'll so, do. <laughs> lots of caveats. Okay. Petals dance in the gentle breeze. Bees arrive, seeking with ease. 
Clover, dandelion, wildflower bloom. Neighbors work in spray, spell its doom. I wish I was principled rather than lazy. Outside it's just too hot and hazy. I want to help the local wildlife, but without causing me any minuscule strife. That's lovely. Right? I want to help the bees, but also... I'm just kind of lazy and I don't want (laughs) to mow my lawn. (laughs) Actually, not mowing your lawn is supposed to be good for this. Exactly. I say that. Yeah. Yeah. I I get so mad when I think about how I have to mow my lawn for society. Right. Right. I don't want to. The the neighborhood that we just moved into uh, a couple months ago has uh, no mow maze. Yeah. Or you can put a sign up that basically says, I am purposefully letting this thing go. Yeah, I just heard about that. Um, I I don't know if you guys saw that I had this tweet. I guess it went like, quote unquote, viral um, about how nobody showed up for my library reading. Yeah, I did um, And so I had this lovely chat with the librarian. And one of the things that we talked about was no mo maze. Somehow we got on that topic and I was like, I've never heard of that. That's amazing. I wish that my neighborhood did it. Yeah. So there you go, Dave. You are not lazy. You are, in fact, a saint. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I do it only on a principled stance. Or, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm lazy and it works out that it's good for the environment. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you have that to follow up. <laughs> so Tough with... act to follow, right? right? <laughs> oh, gosh. So way back when you volunteered for this show, um, you had a story about oh, no. palm licking and handshaking. And so okay. if your if your poems are anything like that, I think we're in for uh, in for something special today. <laughs> I, I just gotta say that when that moment happened, when I had just finished bowling a really great game and for some reason licked my hands after the that ball was in my hands and put it in my hair like huh. and the guy came up and was like oh I just want to congratulate you for your good game and put his palm out I, I was like uh, uh, <laughs> and I had no idea what to say so I just I was like I just licked my hands dude <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? I don't know. Um, it's disgusting. That, that's just the definition of like the socially awkward moment of like, yes. I want to do the right thing, but I can't shake your hand because that's not the right thing. But I have to shake your hand because that's the right thing. But I can't. I feel like if if I hadn't been neurodivergent, that I probably would have just shook his hand and be like, thanks, dude. <laughs> but I was like way too honest <laughs> and confused. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting sympathy anxiety for you. <laughs> um, so you've brought with us three gems uh, to share with the world. Uh, and we typically have, with our guests, have done two of them. So um, I'm going to vote for the list to start us off okay absolutely all right so here's some bad poetry yes brought to you from i don't know 19 year old lanny i think around there the list i want to forget your kiss and everything on this goddamn list your smile your eyes your deception your lies The memories we'd made, the scars that slowly fade. Every laugh, every tune, every tear, 
every wound, the breathlessness you caused, the clueless pawn I was, my irrepressible love for you, my willingness to be fooled, the inside jokes, the heart you broke, our secrets, our dreams, our spilling seams, the first day, the first hello, the last dagger in my soul. I wanna forget all of this, and I wanna forget that you exist. Damn, 19-year-old Lanny. <laughs> right? That's cold. <laughs> Lord. So harsh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, Are you speechless? <laughs> where to begin? Um, oh. Dave, uh, you, got, you got rhyming poetry. Rhyming poetry. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I mean, my rhymes are usually very slanted and not what I would consider rhymes, but this is beautiful, right? I, this is Shakespeare. I do find it interesting that, um, like, the rhymes kind of fade in and out. You have you have some very hard rhymes, and then you have like tune and yeah. wound. That's a close one. It's like you felt like rhyming, but not all the way. You don't have to. You, you can't control a broken heart. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's the tagline on the end, right? <laughs> you can't control a broken heart. Um, so one thing that this immediately made me think of is um, 10 things I hate about you. But without the twist at the end that it's yeah. like love, it's like just truly just all the things. Yeah, you just suck. Like, yes. I, just... I know you could be underwhelmed. <laughs> but can you ever just be whelmed? <laughs> Honestly, Alice and Janie, like as an adult, when you're in your teens and you're watching the show, you're like, Heath Ledger, oh my God. And then still there's a little bit of uh, i miss you Heath. but yeah as an adult like you look back and you see alice and janie and what a seriously rock star <laughs> i know oh man yeah but that's immediately what i thought of yeah. I, I was, i'm just wondering uh would that have been would that have been around that time i think that was like 2001 1999 wow it's that old older than i thought jeez um in 1999 i was much younger than this poem so that the the timing doesn't work out doesn't work out okay yeah do you want to give us any context to this are you willing to share who broke your heart (laughs) who broke my heart um well i don't think they'll ever listen to this podcast so i guess that's (laughs) fine Oh, we've only got three people who listen, so, yeah. Uh, I had a a best friend, and we had, like, a very weird relationship growing up. Uh, I say growing up, but I I met her when I was 17. Um, So we had this weird push-pull relationship, and um, looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was pretty gay, uh, actually. (laughs) But at the time, like, you don't know. You're just like, why am I feeling these things? Uh, I don't understand what's going on, and I just... And like she's just Susie best friend and it's not like it has nothing to do with with queer identity at all right what you think anyway um so yeah like there's this best friend that just kept hurting me um and I didn't really know 
how like what I was feeling and so I just wrote it out there's actually there's one and I thought about reading it but it was two pages long and I, I was like oh, I don't want it's too long um and it was about burying her or burying the friendship really oh wow um, and like this one's kind of harsh but that one was really hard <laughs> <laughs> so a little, yeah a little harsh. Um, well yeah there's there's layers there are layers of, of dirt, dirt. <laughs> 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 oh. oh man nice. I, i'm so upset because now you're finishing each other's sentences yeah dave i think this was secretly an audition to find a new co-host <laughs> oh okay Fair yeah i hope you're very happy together here's my list about why your show won't work <laughs> I have a lot of energy, but I don't know if I could if I could take on a podcast. <laughs> I'm just noticing something here. You doubled up. <gasps> D- did you do that on purpose? I, I you had to have. Um, your your the the every every the the my my the the r r. Oh. Yep. Um, and then the the first two lines and the last two lines. Yeah. yeah. Look at I you. You, you had a lot of structure for it. That's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting um, because I have a degree in creative writing, um, but I never had poetry classes. They were um, they were like the- theater classes or um, fiction classes, things like that. So I never really learned poetry. Um, everything that I, I know I've learned by myself from reading, from writing, from liking something and trying it. Um, and so I think it's, it's interesting that these things that are out there already kind of came to me organically. Um, so I, I, th- I think about that all the time, especially when I, I talk to people like um, like Todd Dillard and, and Jared Belloff and, and they've got the words for it, you know, like the 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 college words and they're like oh that you're doing this and I'm like I I don't know I just kind of felt like doing it you're you're really smart (laughs) (laughs) Um, but no I've just I've just always kind of let my my gut rule my writing I guess that's impressive because like I my background in poetry is AP English from high school um and that's about as far as i go in understanding poetry so like i understand concepts but i don't know how to do it so having someone who kind of has that more innate ability that's that's pretty impressive i'll say thank you yeah i mean i understand concepts i i know how to do it but i don't know what to call it right Right. yeah finding finding the words um this isn't my background as well. Um, I just have a, a high school journal full of truly awful poems. And <laughs> this podcast has just brought so many new um, things to light as, as we've dug in and as we've brought on guests and stuff. So I've learned so much more about poetry uh, in this last year than probably ever. So. Yeah, we still don't know much. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we've learned we've learned a lot because there was not a lot to revisit. Yes, yes. <laughs> we we're starting from scratch, really. Like yeah. I, I learned the term chapbook within mm-hmm. the last like five months. Ah, uh, yes. You look confused, Dave. 
Yeah, I no, of course. Uh, but ch- uh, for our for our listeners out there, they might they might not know. Unlike all of us who definitely do, um, who understand the the word you said, which I totally remember. <clears throat> it is a short collection of work, like probably about I'd say thirty pages, twenty thirty pages, somewhere around there. Um, I love chat books. They're really easy to get through. There is, I think it's August. Yes, August. There's a whole month dedicated to reading chapbooks. And that was created by Nicole Seeley. Like Ah. that challenge was created. I think it's called the Seeley Challenge. Oh, funny. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I totally knew about that. I did. Mm -hmm. And mini chaps. Chapstick. Micro chaps. Mm -hmm. Chubby chubby chaps i don't know if they coined that term but the first time i ever heard the term chubby chap was from jason b crawford and they're always creating terms and stuff so i i would believe it if they told me yep i made that up <laughs> it, i don't see that as a flattery term <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i want to say i published a chubby chap <laughs> but uh, a, th- a thick boy? I don't know. Oh, gosh. Boy. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, uh, I d- okay. I do have a question back to the poem. Um, I have no clue what this means. Can you interpret for us our spilling seams? Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of bursting, right? The uh-huh. seams bursting, spilling out. Um, so there's this pressure that's been created and it's getting more and more. And finally, like it cannot be contained. Um, And it it really, like, I think in this poem context, um, and again, I haven't, I haven't visited this poem in in 16 years. Um, But I, I think if I can bring myself back to that place, that it just means that not being able to contain these feelings anymore. Like I'm upset. I can't pretend like there's nothing wrong. Um, our friendship is is bursting um, at the seams and, and not a good way. Cause I think usually that's interpreted in, in a good way. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's what I would say. Mm. I actually kind of like that, that, um, like you said, bursting at the seams, it makes you feel like joy. I mean, that that's what it's associated with. But you, right, you kind exactly. Of, you kind of twisted it with spilling seams. It it um it does take on a different uh, connotation. So, ah. yeah, like when you spill things, you're like, oh crap, my yeah. mouth. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh, there, there's toxic goo, and now there are teenage mutant ninja turtles. Although that's a cool thing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. plus size. Plus size, plus side. Um, oh no, plus size Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yep. Big boy. Back to big boys. <laughs> I, uh, so Aaron already said he went to 10 Things I Hate About You, and I will always go to pop punk and to mm. like my chemical romance because mm-hmm. that's what I was hearing in this. Did you ever do like pop punk, uh, like yellow card or um around this time i'm sorry to disappoint you but i am not a fan of mcr but um yes around this time i was listening to like secondhand serenade and dashboard confessionals and um sugar cult oh i loved sugar oh yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah like yes so 
I liked the ones that were a little more whiny, I guess. Okay. Um, not that MCR isn't whiny, like think about the Black Parade. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so absolutely. I, I don't know how much it influenced this poem, but I was definitely like having that in the background for sure. I went like, I went to Warp Tour. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um i that i oh i used to go to the i forget what they call it but there was like a a christmas bash like 89x stole christmas something like that um and obviously that's a local thing sure but um they would bring all these pump um punk wow punk bands to the a a big venue in detroit and i I went to that a couple of different times and it was a lot of fun um that's when i decided i didn't like coheed and cambria (laughs) they were they were assholes um but yes i'm definitely getting the the dashboard confessional um vibe off of this also um plain white tees yeah um and ludo if yes Oh, you know Ludo? Oh my gosh. We were just talking about this like like Broken Bride is one of my favorite like uh, Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I I was very obsessed with Ludo for I'm going to say about 6 months. Only like 6 o- months? Well, it was like the only thing I listened to for 6 months and then I'm like maybe I should try and be like happy for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they have some happy songs not broken bride obviously. not broken bride i mean like the joyous songs but... like lake Pontchartrain, train you know like driving down and dying and <laughs> go get her greg <laughs> go get her greg ah okay so i've always said ludo is my favorite band um but then i realized that plain white tees is my favorite band because i definitely sing them more but ludo is like you know really close second I love Ludo. <laughs> I missed the Ludo train. I you brought it. You brought him up a couple podcasts ago. One of my poet poems reminded you of Ludo, and I I have yeah. nothing. That's a blind spot for me. I'm gonna send you some songs. Please do, please do. Link. Um, yeah, send all the links. Absolutely. <laughs> but maybe we should move to a second poem. Sure. And what what comes to light, Dave. We're doing Adam's apple, yeah, right? Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. What a shame because the third one has a great backstory. Uh, oh, you can't do that can't. to me. Well, <laughs> but Adam's apple, it is. Uh, okay, we, I we're, agree. We're just we're gonna have to bring you on again <laughs> for go. for uh, that that third one. We'll we'll keep the title in suspense for your. Uh, your next appearance <laughs> my favorite thing about adam's apple is the byline and how you guys were like who is this person <laughs> leanne bombder who is that yeah I, I was like a little confusing oh, that's me <laughs> yeah no it like i yeah we we were definitely like oh do you have a pen name now and then i was like oh no for sure like what was i thinking this is before you were married <laughs> and like it so, we're yeah. very smart people yeah yeah. It's funny, though, because if I said my name was Bob, right, like people would more than likely know that it, it's short for Robert. But Lanny gets them every time. They're like, is this a nickname? What? What is Lanny? I've never heard this name. I was like, yeah. it's short for Leanne. Like, well, people get confused when they find out that my real name is Terrence, but I go by <laughs> Dave. 
Dave. Is that true? No, no of course not. <laughs> no. You, you I mean, because Dave could be your middle name, I guess. Like, yeah. Karen's David. Ooh, that I'm fancy. It does sound fancy. Right? Yeah. Okay, no. I'm sorry. Adam. No, sorry. Adam's apple. Let's Adam's hear apple. it. <laughs> By Leanne Bobcher. <laughs> I can't say when I first saw him. It was as if we were of the same flesh, or I may have imagined it all. Perhaps his soul was ancient and dead before I touched it. I can't say when I first saw him. It's possible he was lush and green while my tongue was freshly forked. Or I may have imagined it all. There's a chance we danced naked behind the trees in God's Eden. I can't say when I first saw him. Maybe that kiss was actually poison my red, delicious apple, or I may have imagined it all. In the beginning, I felt shame, but days slithered into nights. I can't say when I first saw him, I may have imagined it all. I like it. I like it. I like it. Of course you do, Dave. Yeah. It's biblical imagery. Yeah, it works. <laughs> but, oh, this is... I have no clue what's going on in this poem. <laughs> Context clues, Aaron. Context clues. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's the snake's perspective, right? Right. Okay. So it's the tempter here. Now, uh, yeah, you have to give us some background for this. <laughs> I wish I could, but I don't remember it. Um... <laughs> I think I was just kind of playing with the imagery. You know how like most poets, they they write a, a Greek mythology poem or, yeah. you know, they write a biblical poem. So I was just kind of stretching my legs here and saying, well, what if I wrote a biblical poem and I wrote it from the serpent's perspective? Mm-hmm. And this in, in this moment, it's kind of like that um, that temptation mm-hmm. in the in the Garden of Eden but it, it goes a step further and it's not just this apple, it's actually sin itself. Uh, mm. That would be my best guess of, as to what I was thinking at that time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. This, That's all I got. This is your paradise lost. <laughs> Milton can do it. You can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. I always yeah. do. Yeah. It's oh. a common quote. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm very curious as to, um, this one's typed. We're looking at a typed version. It looks very official. Did this get like, was, was this uh, a writing assignment? Did this get published in something or? Uh... It was published okay. at, um, through Cellar Roots, which okay. was the the magazine, the literary magazine through Eastern Michigan University, oh. where I went to school. Um, I don't, I don't know if this was my first published poem through there i i had a handful um but i can tell you that um yeah this was one of the first <laughs> and there was like there was a a book launch too that i got to go to and i got to read the poems out loud and so i got uh, a little bit of of that a little bit of open mic feel cool so so in the moment you're sharing this as as bad poetry in the moment it, um did you feel like that rock star with the open mic? Of course. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm looking at it now and and I'm like, it, it's, it's not bad. You know, it, it's not a great poem, but it's certainly not like awful. Right. No, there, there's, there's some interesting stuff going on here. I, to be honest with you, I wanted to bring to the table one of my first poems ever, which was called 1-800-DOG-BITE, or I'm sorry, Long Live the King, which gave, um, which gave uh, legs to a couple of other ones called 1-800-DOG-BITE and The Russian Spy. Those were like the first three poems that I'd ever written. And um, I really wanted to bring that to the table, but I couldn't find them. Oh, no. Sad okay. day. Those, those were not good. <laughs> Over twelve-year-old Lanny, with with titles <laughs> like that, they're not good. One eight hundred dog bite. You're, you're, I like it. Your title game is is on point. I have Thanks. to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The even even this the play on words with Adam's apple. Um, wow. I I think it's fascinating that like like you said all poets kind of feel like they have to dip their toes into to Greek mythology and biblical imagery. And um, for what you consider kind of a mediocre poem, you took a really um, nice angle. Thank you. It, it definitely makes you think. Um, yeah. It almost feels like the, the snake um, had feelings for Adam or was like in relationship like they were on good terms and then things went sour and the snake is trying to figure out like, was that my fault? What, what happened here? <laughs> I mean, like just reading into it a bit, it, it's a, yeah, it's really interesting. Like there's almost regret. In I love hearing my work through other people's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It, it's, it's gotta be one of the best things. Like when you're, you're in workshop and you know, there's, 10 people talking about your piece and and they're like oh i love how you made his shirt red because it, it stands for you know like anger and and lost it and i'm like i just made a shirt red like, right <laughs> you know um i i just love those like unintentional things that people pick up on and it doesn't mean that it it isn't red for the lust and and for the anger um but it just happened naturally yeah right? this kind of brings up a, a debate that dave and i had a long time ago on the show of um, writer's intent and um, poetic interpretation. I don't know. Can Dave, can you say this better? <laughs> so Aaron can't find words. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like he talks for a living. Nope. No, but uh, I kind of have come to the opinion that the author's original intent does not matter. Cause to be fair, we had this argument before we talked to poets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah has like, your opinion changed <laughs> my opinion has changed slightly because i learn a lot more from people who are smarter than me um but i when like my exposure to poetry has always been to again like ap english stuff so this is old dead white guys and so i didn't really care about their opinion but more what i could glean from it what i what i could interpret from and I think that might have come out of me just having a shallow, like, pool to pull from different poets. And now that I've actually been able to pull from, you know, people of color or from queer authors, like, there's a lot more to learn. So I'm I'm coming around on it. But where where do you see the purpose of authorial intent? Well, I definitely think that it matters. Um, however, 
I would lean toward the interpretation by readers being more important hmm. because um, if if you wanted to write a piece for yourself, you would, and you wouldn't you wouldn't publish it. Like I mean, I wouldn't anyway. Right. Um, but by publishing it, by sending it out to the world, that means that you are ready for that piece to be interpreted. And mm. I, I think that it, it's crazy to think that it will always be interpreted um, the way that you intended it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like just think about tweeting, right? Like you <laughs> you send out a tweet and you've got you know thirty people telling you that you messed up here because you didn't think about their personal experience, right? Like, right. So just know that people are going to see it the way that they're going to see it. Yeah. 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 So we talked about how you you dabbled with the the biblical imagery as all poets do, um, but then you dove head first into the Greek myths with your your book. Um, Good morning to everyone except men whose names who named their dog Zeus. Men who named their dog Zeus, yeah. Yes. And um it was a a rough read for me. <laughs> I mean, it took me, I think, um three big sittings because this is um not a not a happy subject, uh, to no. say the least. But um, do you want to talk at all about your book? Or? Sure. Um, and it's certainly not meant to be an easy read. Um, and I, I appreciate that you did get through it um, because it's important that men read it too um, to see that perspective. Um, so... Good morning to everyone except men who name their dog Zeus. Uh, what I like to say challenges sexual assault, Greek mythology, and men who are obsessed with powerful men, uh, such as Zeus, because it it doesn't really make sense to me for a man to name their dog after a serial rapist. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where it came from. Like I, I had dated a couple of guys who, who named their dog Zeus. And I was like, well, what the hell? <laughs> like, do you know who Zeus is? And I realized that if they don't know that portion, um, then they are choosing not to know that portion of Zeus. They're like just kind of glossing over it. And they are focusing on the power that that God had um, as the, the God of sky, right? And, um, and I think that that is a travesty and I, I think that that's selfish, <laughs> um, to view it that way because there are people who have been assaulted, um, that have been raped and hearing that you're deciding to like, kind of excuse these actions, um, just because you get off on the power, um, yeah, it's it's just it's not cool. Um, so this book was was mostly written for um, for women and and people who have experienced sexual assault, and kind of like letting them know that people are out there. Um, you know, like you are not alone. Um, and that that's why I published it. Like I said, if it had been just about me about my healing process, then I, I wouldn't have published it. But I wanted to, I think it's an important work 
Um, it's an important feminist work and I wanted to get it out there. I've had people reach out to me and say, you know, I just finished your book and I, I feel seen. Um, and I want to let you know that this was important to hear someone else's point of view, to see someone else's point of view, because this is what I've been struggling with. Um, so that kind of makes the writing worthwhile. Um, and yeah, like I just, I hope it gets into more hands. I hope it gets into more men's hands so that they can stand up and, and be a true ally and, and tell their buddies who are, are making rape jokes, like, that's not cool. Knock it off. Mm -hmm, you right. know, like explain. Yeah. <laughs> Zeus is not a good name for your, your German shepherd. It's not. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hephaestus. Uh, How about Hephaestus? He was a decent dude. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, as, as someone who has read a lot of Greek mythology, like, I've, I've spent a lot of time with it. Even in those, like, even in a time where people recognized the power of Zeus, they were not idealizing him in these stories. They recognized the the frankly problematic to say the least nature of him and somehow through this westernized manosphere whatever uh they've tried to sanitize that out and like you even said they're they're getting off on the power but that's also a pretty common idea in sexual assault that it's not oh, about gratification it's about it's about power and control and so you can't separate anything out of those stories. They are all one part of that. So if you're idealizing any part of it, you're idealizing every part of it. Yeah. Um, not to, uh, not to take it too much off track, but you, you, um, one style that I found really striking that you've done, that you did throughout the book is you did these, um, uh, kind of split poems. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I have to say, uh, I never quite understand when, when poets, uh, play with the format. It's not that I'm opposed to it. I'm always just curious as to why, but when, when I encountered these split poems throughout the book, um, it forced me to sit with the words more. And so I thought that was really fascinating because like you almost felt like you were decoding something. And so it, it just had it had you sitting there um, letting it all sink in as you kind of bounced between. And then I, I read down the columns on the other side to see if there was like something else in there. But you're just sitting with those words for just a little longer. So um, do you do you know when you're when you're going to do a split poem or does it just kind of uh, again, come naturally? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't often approach the page and say, I'm going to write this style of poem. Um, it kind of just develops on its own. I, I do, however, approach form as a writing exercise. Like sometimes mm. I'm, I'm like, Hey, I want to try, uh, uh, I can't, wow, I can't think of the the form right now. Um, but the one that you're talking about is a contrapuntal. And I actually know that term. There we go. <laughs> cool. Um, I did not. So that's and awesome. it was, I, I looked at it as a challenge where I'm just kind of trying this form out, see if I can do it. And then um, if I want to attach 
a poem that I'm working on to that form, um, I do it intuitively. Like I, I've, I've been struggling this with my, with, um, with this myself. Like, why do I do certain things that I do? Um, why did I choose to, to do a sonnet? Why did I choose to do a contrapuntal? Why did I do this or this? Um, and it just kind of, when it's, when it's on the page, usually I do like a free verse and then um, I'm like that, it just doesn't feel right. So then I'll start playing um, with forms and seeing if, if that speaks to me. Um, but not often do I say it's going to be this form unless it's just a writing exercise and I want to um, practice the, the form. Um, but I can tell you that the contrapuntal is often used to use like different sides of things like like have a different argument or like, for example, the, the Artemis poem. The maiden that that story is about that Artemis shoots and like turns into the bear. So like the first portion of that contrapuntal is um, the myth and what happened. And then the the second portion of it is just like the power that Zeus is feeling and why he did what he did. And then like you, you've got the whole picture. Um, so that, like that's that's what I used that form for. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's Callisto. Callisto. Oh yes. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that one that one is was the first one that really struck me because like you only picked out like singular words to run down the opposite side. And mm -hmm. so like you get this Zeus was prideful in Callisto's conversion from maiden to flicker. And you get almost a second meeting in that entire column there of just like it was his pride. It was just this sickening pride. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, um, you'll have to dig up uh, your 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 twelve year old writings. And we we need to bring you back I know, on. No, I've got to find that. This was this was great. So, um, and well, I'll send you some Ludo songs. Yes, Love please me do. Dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Love me cancerous. I don't think there's any song better than Love Me Dead. Oh, okay. Well, um, Lanny, this has been great. This has been really great. Um, now, it's my understanding that if fans of our show wanted to experience a My Bad Poetry crossover, or more honestly, just two awesome people who happen to be poets in collaboration, you and Reagan Petruka are hosting a virtual reading together. Uh, yes. Is that next week? That is on... What did you say? Next Sunday. Next Sunday. <laughs> My wife is interjecting. She's like, I'll be there. It's next Sunday. Good. <laughs> at four o'clock. Awesome. Eastern. Yeah. Um, did you know each other before you wrote these works no. based on Greek myth? Oh, that's fascinating. No, we met after. Yeah. 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 You even have a Medusa poem in here. I do. I have five. Five haiku. For those of you who buy the book, it's on page 47. But yeah, um, so you and Reagan are are doing this uh, live discussion for those of you hearing this episode within the first week. You can sign up for that uh, if you find them on Twitter. Uh, I think links are available there. Um, yep, July 17th, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Awesome. Before you leave, here at My Bad Poetry, we end each week with the words of a true poet. So would you be willing to share one of your... Um, one of your other poems with us today? Actually, could I read a very short story? For sure. Yes. Yeah, to plug absolutely. your new book. So you have a new book out. 
Um, I something do. dead and everything. Something dead and everything. Of short stories. Yeah. Uh, let's end with a short story. That'd be wonderful. Okay. So this is from something dead and everything, um, which is mainly about grief, um, different kinds of griefs. So not just, you know, like losing someone, but losing something um, and grieving that. And um, in, in this very short story, um, I think what is being lost here is humanity. And that's important to, to think about in these days. So this is called a family debate. I just don't see the issue, Dottie said, propping her bunion feet up on the ottoman. I paid for it. Him, her sister Marcia corrected. You paid for him. Dottie waved an uncaring hand and recrossed her ankles. Whatever. I don't care if Parliament signed it into law, Marcia continued to press. Men aren't things. They're people, like us. Dottie picked up a tall glass of lemonade that had been left to sweat on the stiff back of a blonde man. She liked to call it her side table. Dottie sipped and once again recrossed her ankles. The ottoman groaned. Oh, that is painful. That is painful and beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I've been really into 100 word stories lately and that's one of the ones, they're so hard to do, but then when you get one, it's it's gratifying for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, All that you packed into there. I mean, right. the whole the whole world is fleshed out, like Parliament and passing a law, and oh man, very cool. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to getting that book uh, in the mail. Um, it's coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you can too, dear listeners, um, through ELJ Editions. ELJ Editions. Yep. So you can find it there. You can also find it on Amazon, but preferably through the the printer if possible so yeah Yeah, and actually if you go to bookshop.org yes um, and and drop good morning to everyone except men who named their dog zeus or um something dead and everything or just my name both pop up right um Mm. and then you can choose any of your local bookstores or independent bookstores oh beautiful you don't even have to worry about amazon yes it's an incredible site i've used it before um really nice way of supporting local shops and and not having to leave your home this has been my bad poetry so go write your own bad poetry <laughs> perfect i like yeah. it that's good is that not the line <laughs> no, no that yeah, is yeah. the line that is the line I, what if yeah. i like yelled at people to go write your own bad poetry however you want to end it, it it's truly up to you, you. go go now go write <laughs> again we learned it's all about authorial intent you do you <laughs> yeah you do you Rhyme free doesn't matter to me.